Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Mr. Perry, hello. How are we? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Thank you for joining. Nah, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Happy to be of assistance. Have you done any yet? Or is this the first one? Or... Um, we're a few in, yeah. We're a few in, yeah. Nice. Who have you had? Um, Will Bailey's done one. Ah, oh, a nice one. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, exactly. Um, Meg Shackleton's done one. Um, nice. Jack Hunter Spivvy's done one. I feel like I'm the, I'm the, I'm the odd one, eh? I'm last. <laughs> oh, I would say seven the best to last, but, you know, I started with it. <laughs> nah, he's, he's, he's not bad, any. How long have we known each other now? Oh, right, when did I move to Sheffield? Five years ago, but it was kind of sparsely just before that, wasn't it? Kind of meeting you at EIS and stuff. Mm. I'd say easily six years. Yeah. Too long is what I would say. Oh. I think that's mutual. <laughs> that's mutual. <laughs> uh, so just a bit of context for the listeners. Um, me and Martin have been friends for an awful long time. And if I remember rightly, the friendship started with me saying I was going to go watch a film at Cineworld and you inviting yourself. Pretty much, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, we were sitting with the infamous Will Bailey, and uh, you were like, "Oh, do you guys fancy watching a movie?" Because as as professional athletes, we are afforded very long lunch breaks. <laughs> uh, we tell ourselves it's to it's to recover and get ready for the next session, but it's really because we're all lazy. Um, so we had an awful long lunch break, and you said you were going to go to the cinema. Uh, Will said he didn't want to go, and I was like, oh, I've not been in a cinema in years. So I hopped along, and then six years later, we've been going to the movies ever since. It's a right old mate date. Proper mate date. Super Saturdays and all that. Super Saturdays, right. We need to tell people about Super Saturdays. Super Saturdays is exactly what it says on the tin. Exactly what it says on the tin. So... Super Saturday for myself and Martin was a thing that we did where we'd go and watch sometimes three, sometimes four films a day on Saturday. Um, it, it it was a bit of a military operation trying to, to, to work out the timings and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was tough. I think, I think it worked was... out that we could get four films in or three films with tea, with food. Yeah, yeah, because what we'd usually do is we'd go for, obviously it was movies we wanted to see, but because obviously if I'm busy training and you're busy working, coaching your athletes and stuff, we maybe wouldn't get to the cinema as often as we'd like to have that sort of catch up and, and have a bit of fun and then, you know, just discuss life and chat like mates do we would, we, Adam came up with this idea of Super Saturday. So as he said, we'd, we'd pick a movie first thing in the morning, one of the first showings usually. So it was like maybe sort of half eight, nine in the morning. So um, we'd, we'd watch that. You come out a half nine showing what usually about 11.15. Yeah. 
Um, and then we'd try and get like a little snack, depending on the next showing was. But a lot of times it was 11.15, straight into the back of another movie at 11.30. So you'd have time to maybe jump into Starbucks or whatever, get a tea. Well, we tended to find and, uh, if we did the four film Super Saturday, it was, we'd, we'd leave the film as the adverts for the next film were sort of... Yeah, wrapping up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a military operation because we had to ask, like, what screen is the next movie in? And they were like, well, we can't tell you. And it's like, no, no, we, we have tickets. We just need to know, like, so we can go straight back to back. And then, um, no, that, they, they were good, those Super Saturdays. And then uh, they sort of became a thing sort of once a month, once every other month. And then as adult life takes over and trying to qualify for Tokyo and everything the rest, I was away all the time. Yeah, you decided to get married and, and move uh, back to Scotland. I just, I decided to get married and move back to Scotland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Left, the, left the team hanging, so I did. But um, yeah, Super Saturdays were a great laugh. And uh, I'm pretty sure, did we not get our partners involved on one Super Saturday? And it just wasn't the same. <laughs> yeah, I think we did, yeah. And it just, um, it kind of spoiled the bromance. <laughs> but no, it's um, it was something that, as I said, me and Adam used to do quite often, like once a month, just to just to relax, sort of get away from the world. We both love going to the cinema. It's a great experience, isn't it, watching a movie um, with the proper surround sound. And we just discuss films mm. and life and everything. And it was, yeah, it was, it was good times because it meant that I could obviously escape from training, you know, and doing all that. You could obviously get away from work and things. And it was, it was, it was a place where we both enjoyed it, you know, and because obviously we both lead quite active lifestyles. I'm running... You're running around all day coaching and delivering sessions to your athletics groups and stuff like that. So it was a good way for us both to actually do something we liked while sitting yeah. on our behinds. Yeah. <laughs> and occasionally being get, getting caught up sleeping during a film. Because we woke up. It happened like once or twice or maybe five or six times. Yeah, so <laughs> I was notorious for um, falling asleep in the cinema just because I'd be absolutely knackered and um, Adam would then quiz me on what happened in the movie and I'd just try and bluff my way through it and he's like, no, not even close. <laughs> so we ended up going to see the same movie twice sometimes. <laughs> so obviously I know I know who you are, I know the the story behind Martin Perry, but I was just wondering if you could possibly share a bit of a bit of a, an overview of who you are, what you're doing um, and all that kind of jazz really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as Adam said, I'm Martin Perry. I'm 26 years old. If you've not guessed it by now, I'm from Scotland, uh, a little place called Paisley. And uh, I I play table tennis. I play para table tennis. Uh, I was born with no hands and one leg. So my right arm stops uh, just below the wrist. So I've got no, no wrist or hand on that side. My left arm stops through my elbow joint. So I've got nothing from the forearm down. And my left leg stops uh, through my knee. So my whole life I've had prosthetic legs and arms and things like that. But I don't use the arms anymore unless I'm playing table tennis. Um, and it's just been a sort of whirlwind journey of 
trying different sports growing up and then eventually finding table tennis because it's the obvious choice for having no hands, isn't it? You're going to play the fastest racket sport there is. I think uh, think it'd be quite a good good, uh, challenge for the listeners to try and work out how to play table tennis with no hands. Um, It obviously can be done because you're doing it, but that's quite an interesting... If anyone, if any listeners are interested, try and work out how to play table tennis with no hands. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was one of those things that went. So when I first started, I'll try and obviously describe it as best I can. Um, it was at a, it was at a summer camp, so like a disability sports summer camp, and uh, they had all these different adaptations and things to help you play other sports. Um, so what they did was. It was basically a makeshift tea towel. Um, so it was, a, it was almost like a tea towel, sort of long piece of fabric um, that they would wrap around my forearm twice. So it made like a pocket underneath my forearm that we could slide the racket into. And then we Velcroed that in place. So it meant that I could play with one arm. Uh, but what we quickly discovered was that obviously for those that have played table tennis, is the, the, the bats are very small. So the handle wasn't long enough to actually stick onto the Velcro and it would just come flying out every two seconds. So I ended up putting both my arms together um, in front of my chest as best I could to try and hold this bat securely. But it meant I had no no range of movement whatsoever. But it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Table tennis for me was something that initially gripped me just because it was so fun and everyone was laughing, everyone was having a good time. And nobody seemed to care that I was trying to play this sport with no hands. Like, that wasn't the issue. The issue was that I had never played before. That's why I wasn't good. It wasn't because I had no hands. And um, so the guys that were there at that summer camp invited me along to their local table tennis club in Drum Chapel in Glasgow. And um, I went along, and within a week, they had specially designed this super long bat for me so that we could actually use this sort of makeshift tea towel and it would actually stick on. And it was the little things like that. You know, they'd never met me before, had never known anything about me, but they just wanted me to play table tennis because that was something that they enjoyed and something that they wanted me to do. And it went from there. I I got more and more involved with the club. And before I knew it, I was going to see um, the prosthetic technicians at the, um, the hospital in Glasgow. And they'd made this super duper fancy prosthetic arm for me to play table tennis. And... I've not looked back since. You know, I ended up going down to London 2012 to to watch as a spectator, and I seen these absolute superhumans just captivate the Excel Arena in London. And I was like, Do you know what? That's exactly what I want to do with my life. And I, a lot of hard work came after that, and it still is continuing the hard work. But um, you know, to see these superhuman guys and girls just captivate an audience in London. I was like, that's what I want to do. And I, I came home to Scotland after watching the Paralympics GB win two bronze medals. And I was like, this is it. This is exactly what I want to do. And I just flung everything I had into table tennis. And thankfully it paid off because um, there was obviously no guarantee. <laughs> so one thing that, that that's just popped into my mind that you've not mentioned yet, um, is a certain appearance on um, a very well-known primetime evening talk show. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, so um, 
in 2013. Uh, so one of the one of the sponsors of the club um, at Drumchapel Table Tennis Club is BBC's Children in Need. You know, for those that don't know, Drumchapel is actually a very deprived area in Glasgow. Um, so one of the sponsors for the club to help with equipment and stuff for the kids that maybe can't afford it is BBC's Children in Need. And they reached out to the club and said, you know, we can't tell you too much information, but we are looking for inspirational young people to, to appear in a challenge for us. Do you have any anyone that you can think of? So the, the coach at the club, Terry, he just put an email together with all the young people at the club um, and a little bio about all the people there. And I was one of the last on the list and they read that I had no hands and one leg and they were like, that's him. That's the one we want for this challenge. And Terry was like, you've not even told us what it is. And they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. That's who we want. And um, so it was all very hush-hush. I had no idea what I was sort of being invited on. And I um, I got invited down to London. Uh, and I get there, still no idea what I'm doing. And I we end up at this outdoor facility. And they were like, right, so... You've not been chosen yet, but you're the sort of finalists that we're going to choose our members from. Uh, so we're going to have a trial today and see how you get on. And I'm still like, what are we trialing? What are we, what are we doing? And so, as obviously as I said, we're at an outdoor facility. And then, lo and behold, the the challenge that was eventually to be undertaken was a 700-mile bicycle ride on a rickshaw um, all across the UK from... Um, the Giants Causeway in Northern Ireland all the way to London and so I was like oh how the bloody heck am I going to do that I can barely ride a bike but thankfully a rickshaw has three wheels so it's almost like a like a tricycle so it made it easier for me so we're, we're doing the the practice runs and seeing you know how well you are on a bike how well you are on camera and of course as I'm doing my first lap of the this little outdoor facility the saddle post completely snapped in half and I went flying head over heels across the front of this bike and uh, I just bounced back up and started laughing and they were like perfect that's the exact person we need so I was part of a crew um, I think there was eight of us in total so there was no ten of us in total sorry there was um, five people like myself either disabled or had been involved some way with uh, BBC's Children in Need through incredible stories of their own and we partnered up with uh either a parent guardian or for me, I was lucky enough to be part of that with Alex Jones, who's obviously was a host of the one show. And yeah, we, a few months later after, a, you know, some training and stuff, we embarked on this incredible journey, 700 miles um, throughout the UK. And, uh, you know, we started, I think it was like a 4.30 AM start uh, from the Giants Causeway in Northern Ireland, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, we made all our way down through through Belfast and into Larne and we got the ferry and uh, we get on the ferry to Scotland and we're thinking, great, we're all going to get a, re a rest and, you know, a, a chance to relax. But no, they'd arranged a rolling road to be set up on the ferry. So this bike never stopped moving uh, and it was amazing. It was one of the best things I've ever done. And we managed to uh, raise over one and a half million pounds for children in need. You know, so it was it was an, an incredible experience to to raise such a vast amount of money for for children in need, and and you know to understand where that money is going because I've obviously spent a lot of time at Drumchapel Table Tennis Club, and there's 
a vast array of, of um, facilities and, and people that get supported by children. And so to be a part of that and to raise so much money to help people that truly need it was, was absolutely incredible. Excellent. Um, the next talking point, the next question is structurally quite a short question. It's only a five-word question. But from previous podcasts that I've that we've recorded, has been quite a strong talking point. So the question is: as as Martin Perry is some an international table tennis player, rickshaw challenge completer, as a husband, what is happiness to you? Whoa, wow. What a question. I what think is happiness, happiness is one of those things that we know what it is, but we can't really verbalise. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I think it's just doing what you love, you know, finding a passion, finding something that makes you happy. Yeah, for, for me, obviously, table tennis makes me incredibly happy. It's an absolute privilege that I get to call it my job and, and you know, train every day and, and practice for something bigger than myself, which is the Paralympic Games that I hope to obviously one day compete at and you know, the wonderful people of Great Britain. But it's also sitting on the couch with a cup of coffee, just chatting to my wife. It's also, you know, going out in the car for a nice drive, Um it's the little things for me. Happiness is the little things. It's um, it's something, as you said, that's so difficult to describe and something that's so unique to everyone that uh, it is hard to verbalise and put it into context because it's something so personal. But yeah, I love I love spending time with Siobhan just doing absolutely nothing. And you know, as I said, just even if it's if we go for a walk. Uh, around the local park or if we you know as I said sit on the couch and watch a movie together or even just reading a book together or something like that you know she'll be on one end of the couch and I'm on the other reading separate books even just that that's that's happiness of course table tennis brings me so much joy I get to travel the world I get to meet incredible people see fantastic places Um, travel is a big happy point for me it's something that I thought I would never do growing up in Paisley I never thought I'd see the world I never thought I'd go all the way over to Japan and China and Thailand and do all that and then equally do the other side like Brazil, America, Costa Rica I never thought I'd see these incredible places and that's happiness and for me happiness is also appreciation you know I can look at these moments in my life um, that we can always take for granted and actually realise that that brings me immense joy and I'm very privileged to have done what I've done in life. Um, and happiness is also helping others. You know, I, I've i received help every single day of my life. Um, it's, it's a no-brainer. I've got no hands on one leg. There's things that I just simply cannot do. Um I've I've had help from strangers all over the world, from tying my shoes in the middle of some faraway metropolis to, I remember being in in Europe at an ATM getting cash out 
and it was the first time I'd ever held euros. I didn't realise they were made from plastic. I just dropped them all. I dropped all these notes, and um, this random stranger just came up, grabbed all my money, and I was like, oh, here we go. Counted it all out for me, put it back in my wallet, and said, have a good day. That's happiness, you know, just having other people just be genuine and nice, and that's something that I try to give back is, is um, you know, to help people whenever I can, because that's happiness. It's the little things. It's the things that we don't need to do um, that just are inherently good. And that's what I've found within people all across the world from all walks of life, from all different religions and genders and just anywhere in the world, people are inherently good. And that makes me happy because I've experienced that firsthand. And that's something that I try and give back is, you know, if I can help someone, um, whether it be physically in person or whether it be um through the actions that i take in everyday life you know by by playing table tennis and showing that disability is 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 no barrier to to what you want to do in life you know if i can play table tennis with no hands and one leg then there's not very much else that that can't be conquered you know it's it's something that i never thought i'd be able to do so i hope when people see me play they they take some form of joy from that seeing that I can fling myself around a court trying to chase this little white ball. And that brings me so much joy and I hope it inspires them to go and find their own passion. And, um, but yeah, happiness is, is, is the little so things. So there's a few things that I've picked up from what you've just said. Um, you talked about uh, reading books, going for a walk, traveling to all these amazing places. Um they're all things that involve a process. So reading a book, you've got to read all the pages. Traveling to the Las Vegas Open, you've got to get a plane to somewhere. Going for a walk with your wife is putting one foot in front of the other. So would you say then that happiness is a journey towards something? Absolutely. You, you've, You've absolutely hit the ball out of the park on that one. Um, for me, it's as you said, it's easy to to go happiness as the end result. Um, as I've just said, you know, it's 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 reading a book that you get to finish. It's it's watching a movie on the couch. It's going for a walk. You finish the walk and you realise that's the happiness. Um, yeah, as you say, it is it is that journey. It's not just the end result. Um, and those those little steps in the journey especially the ones that aren't as happy or aren't as enjoyable when you're up at 3, 4 a.m. because you need to get to the airport or when you're out walking in the rain and the wind and it's hitting you in the face and you don't necessarily want to be there at that moment in time. Or even, you know, the the situation we're all in at the moment with, with COVID and not being able to enjoy life as much as we used to you know, when we get back to doing the things that we want to do, the things that we appreciate, the things that we love, that's where we'll find the happiness and we'll be so much more thankful and grateful for it because we've realised that how much we missed it. So happiness is definitely a journey. It's something that we maybe don't realise at the time that, you know, those little steps, whether it be forward or backwards, all add up to the final result of, you know, everyone wants to be happy. And I think it's all putting it into perspective and realising that the journey that we're all on isn't just 
a start and a finish. There's loads of little intricacies and delicacies in between that we can take and make happy moments from, you know, and it's something that doesn't necessarily have to be a grand gesture. For me, as I said before, the ha- happiness is the little things that we do. The next thing that, that um, really struck with me, um, and I'd never really thought about it like this, uh, you said earlier on that happiness is appreciating things, which invokes a thought that if you appreciate something, it's the here and now or something that has happened in the past. Um, mm. And, you know, we've just spoken there about happiness being a journey. Um, for me, I think a lot of people look at ha- look at the journey of happiness, the pursuit of happiness as something that they're going to do. Do you think yeah. happiness also involves the journey that we've come from. Absolutely. Um, I think I think a great way to look at it is, is obviously everyone wants to be happy in life. Everyone wants to have that feel-good factor. Um, and it's almost like it's the one thing everyone wants. It's almost like chasing the Holy Grail, isn't it? Everyone wants to find it and everyone wants to have it. But actually the the journey is it you know it's 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 finding those little victories in life it's it's finding something that makes you smile every day it's doing something that you love it's finding something that you're passionate about no matter what it is and just chasing it and pursuing it and it doesn't have to be that you that you want to be the best athlete in the world and and go and compete at the olympic and paralympic games it doesn't mean that you want to be the next Van Gogh, it doesn't mean that you have to be a superstar um, musician or anything like that. It's it's finding something that you're passionate about and enjoying it and appreciating it, you know, and if that's painting in your spare bedroom, it doesn't matter if you are an undiscovered Banksy or if you do paint by numbers. <laughs> if you If you enjoy it, if you love it, if it's something that makes you happy, then do it, stick with it. You know, it's, I think that the the world that we live in at the moment with um, the overdose of social media and everything being dolled up and spit shined and polished to look amazing as if everyone leads these wonderful lives, that's just not the case. You know, um, it's it's finding the happiness in those little things that that, that just make you so much more appreciative of what you've got in your life you know um it's it's something that i think we, we definitely also need to take time out of our days um it's something that i've I, I started doing recently um it's just five five minutes at the end of each day before i go to bed i'll i'll, I'll write a few notes down in a, in a in a journal um and it's just me waffling on about what i've done that day um what i enjoyed about the day what I look forward to the next day and it, it, it takes five minutes and you you go to bed with a, a smile on your face because there's nothing left in your in your head to, to keep quite, you up at night. That's quite interesting you... because I've started doing a similar thing. So I started it January the 1st and I found a document online 
that had 365 motivational quotes. And for, mm. so there's one motivational quote for each day of the year. And each journal entry starts with the motivational quote. And then I put my thought process down that's inspired by the quote. Um, and like you say, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's that one it's that one thing in the day that you know will always happen. And because it's, 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 it's a positive thing, you know, irrelevant of what kind of day you're doing or you're having, there's always that one set positive thing in your day. Yeah, exactly. And it's, again, it goes back to that little thing, isn't it? It's five minutes putting pen to paper. Um, and, it's you know it, it clears your head, and I think often people can get we can get stuck in our own heads, you know, and overthink things and and go into negative spaces. But if you write it down, it's it's gone, it's out of your head, and you can you can move on. But yeah, it's 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 something that I've started doing. I've found great benefits for it. I get better sleep. I I feel more motivated the next day because I wanna yeah I wanna write more. Because I want to, I want to beat the previous day and things like that. So it's, it's something that can help massively as, as journaling. Final, final talking point. Uh, dun dun dun. <laughs> so, imagine, okay. Um, coronavirus has gone away. You're back training in Sheffield. Uh, the whole squad's there, and a sixteen-year-old kid walks in um, new member of the squad hasn't got a clue what's happening uh, but knows that table tennis is their happiness what advice would you give that 16 year old novice about pursuing their happiness just play 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 um, and enjoy it enjoy the the process of it table tennis being a skilled sport is something that you need repetition 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 in order to build that muscle memory in order to build those skills the right habits when you're playing and it's something that you know you do a lot of the same stuff over and over and over again but it's something that i've never had a day no matter how good or how bad i've played i've never had a day of playing table tennis that i've not enjoyed um, it, it, as I said it is something that brings me so much joy but when you're picking up the bat for the first time as I said earlier it doesn't matter if you want to go and be the next Olympic or Paralympic champion if you enjoy it keep playing have fun listen to your coaches or listen to those around you that want to help and offer advice because as I said before also you know people are inherently good they want to help others and you know I, I can't see that being a, a negative in any way possible. You know, soak up as much advice as you can, play and have as much fun as you possibly can because I never thought that the first time I picked up a table tennis bat, I'd be chasing down the Paralympics, hoping to, you know, reach the pinnacle of my sport. I didn't think that was ever going to happen and it's amazing where sport can, can lead you. Excellent. That's fantastic. Uh, just want to wrap up with a couple of, a couple of things. Um, the first thing is uh, a memory that, that popped into my mind. Um, 
obviously I'm a massive sports fan and I'd managed to get table tennis tickets for the Commonwealth Games in 2014 up in Glasgow. So had a bit of a, a date weekend mm. with my mum. Went to Glasgow with my mum for, for, for the weekend to watch. I think it was the last 16 matches of the team table tennis. And I'm led to believe, Martin, that you were in the exact same session that I was in, but the other side of the the arena. Okay. Um, but this was before we'd ever met. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, that, 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 as we were talking, I sort of put a smile on my face that we'd actually been around each other before we knew each other. Before we even knew it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was something that, you know, being so heavily involved with um, Drum Chapel Table Tennis Club and, and obviously Table Tennis Scotland, we had a lot of tickets available for Glasgow 2014 to go and watch and, you know, to inspire the next generation as it were and I was at the table tennis every single night in Glasgow um, I absolutely loved it so I know for a fact if we were in the same session yeah. because I was at every evening session <laughs> and and yeah as you said it's, it's funny that um, two complete strangers who had never met who had lived 300 miles apart uh, maybe more had had actually been on the exact same place at the exact same day. And maybe time. it was fate. Uh, maybe. And, and maybe together. it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's funny. I love hearing little stories like that um, because it realises the world's mm, just yeah. such a small place, isn't it? Um, just want to finish off with a bit of a, a shout out for your good self. Um, if anyone's interested in, in, in podcasts, I assume you are because you'll be listening to this podcast. Um, Martin has his own podcast called Peripod. Is that right? That is um, right indeed. Go check it out. Uh, make sure you, you, you do listen to Martin's podcast. Very insightful, speaking to a lot of different, a lot of different people. Lots of different stories, so make sure we check that podcast out. Thank you, very uh, much. and that Martin brings us to the end of this episode of The Pursuit of Happiness. I have enjoyed it. I hope that everyone listening can enjoy their own little pursuit of happiness. Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure. You're very Speak welcome. To you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Come back next time for more conversation about happiness.